TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five. We're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on! Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Langford on the pregame show. 95.7 The Game. Leading you up until 6 o'clock as the morning roast will get... Your morning officially started at 6 a.m. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. And as you might expect, I mean, it was tough what happened with the Magic, blowing a double-digit lead there. But then you go with the Charlotte Hornets on Saturday night. You're without Steph Curry. You have a double-digit lead, and the final minute of this game was one of the more controversial final minutes that I can remember, but let's just relive what happened in the final 19 seconds when there's a loose ball, Draymond Green and Gordon Hayward are fighting for it, and the refs awarded The Hornets a timeout from this loose ball. It looked like it was going to be a jump ball, but I guess it was a it was a timeout for the Hornets. Here's that entire highlight. Let's relive it a little bit. So 13.3, 198. Warriors lead by two. Game in the balance. Can they steal one in Charlotte? Here we go. Mark Davis to throw it up. And ball tipped it, batted by Draymond, grabbed by Hayward. He falls down, and now he's tied up for a jump ball. Oh, my goodness. Now the young official comes in and says Charlotte has a timeout. Wow. They're saying there's a timeout call. Jared Collins, Warriors assistant coach, trying to drag Draymond away. How do they have time to get a timeout? And who called it? Was it from the side? Well, Hayward fell down. Yeah, maybe somebody called from the side. That could possibly be. Let's see how long but, this is. Boy. That would have to be a very quick timeout because Hayward had the ball for maybe well, PJ four Washington. seconds. Oh, Draymond's walking off. I think Draymond got ejected. Oh, no. And that's going to be a technical foul. Now they're going to get free throws and the ball. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. There's just so much that was going on in that time. And here's where, for me, the frustration began. For one, it's just the fact that Rozier is hitting all these shots. Scary Terry, overall, in the fourth quarter, he was 4 of 4 from 3. And he had 20 points. And he ended the night like this. So here come the Hornets. Hayward will throw it in. Rozier has it. Eight seconds to go. Rozier to the logo. Down to four seconds. Three seconds off the screen. Rozier stumbled with the ball. Fades into a jumper. It's good at the buzzer. They're going to count it. The Warrior bench thought that Rozier turned the ball over on a carry. But he hits the game winner. And a heartbreak for Golden State. The Hornets... Mobbing Rozier as he hit the corner three. 
the Golden State bench thought he turned it over right in front of them, but there was no call. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number. Did you happen to catch that game and what happened on Saturday night as the Warriors have officially moved to one game over five hundred? So there's a lot to unpack from everything that surrounded that situation. Uh, for what? Again. Terry Rozier hitting all the threes. Let's just start with that final play. Juan Toscano-Anderson ended up being the one who was guarding Rozier, who was going to the left corner after P.J. Washington had set a screen. At that point, with Rozier hitting the shots that he was hitting, I mean, that, 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 one, from, that one that he hit over Kelly Oubre, which could have easily been a, a four-point play had they had they wanted to call it, which is just confusing in itself because, I mean, these refs are just calling whatever they want to call within these final 30 seconds. But if you don't double Rozier in that situation and try to get it into the hands of someone else who's not having that hot of a shooting night, a.k.a. someone like a LaMelo Ball, if you're not trying to force that, that's already a mistake on the final play. So you had that. The tie-up with Draymond Green and the loose ball where they managed to let the Hornets call a timeout in that situation, I didn't get it. I didn't understand that at all. I don't know how you can call a timeout, for one, when you don't have possession, and it looks like it's going to be a jump ball. And then he gets the two technicals Draymond does. He gets one for taunting Gordon Hayward when they were on the ground and they were uh, scrumming for the ball. Draymond was laughing at Hayward a little bit. I don't really know what he said. And then he gets up. You can tell that he mouths out the words, get the F out of here. And you find out that it's two technicals. Draymond gets ejected. They shoot two free throws, and it gets them right back into the game after Kelly Oubre hit a three. So the pitchforks came out, the torches, everything for Draymond Green in that situation. And, and let me just let me just share this. I don't know where to go from here with the reaction to, to Draymond Green. Because I understand the the money that he's making. He shouldn't be making mistakes like that. You, you can't be getting two technicals toward uh, the end of the game there. But if you're the refs, how power hungry do you have to feel? Are you just waiting on Draymond to make any sort of mistake? For him to yell? For him to scream at somebody else for him to yell some sort of profanity like do these refs honestly wait for that to happen so that they can tee him up because in that situation when you got 10 seconds left in a game and you call a penalty or excuse me a technical a penalty you call a technical just because he's laughing at another player when they're on the ball trying to gra- or on the ground trying to grab a loose ball and then you call another one because he yelled at the ref straight afterward. At that point, it just feels like with the timeout that was called for the Hornets, the timeout that wasn't called previously for the Warriors when Brad Wanamaker grabbed the offensive rebound and P.J. Washington and LaMelo Ball looked like they were trying to foul him, but then he ends up getting tied up with the LaMelo and they call it the jump ball. Apparently in that time, Steve Kerr tried to call a timeout when they had clear possession. Everyone was outraged at Draymond in this game. Everybody was. And you you have the right to be. If you've if you've been watching the Warriors a ton this season, you know, it's really it's really it's make or break every game. You know, if Kelly Oubre has a bad shooting night, it's let's trade Oubre. Wiggins I haven't really heard too much of lately, so, uh, you know, that's that's fine. I haven't heard too much of the, the trade Wiggins talk uh, this season. But if Draymond does something where, like, a.k.a. he gets ejected or, uh, you know, he tries to 
heave one up against the Spurs with eight seconds left when the when the shot didn't make much sense. Everyone gets outraged at Draymond. Everybody does. And and I understand that. I understand it. But in this situation, I don't know how the refs were calling these calls. Here are here's the pool report. The, the you know it's the the official the NBA official uh, report that comes out when they try to get some answers on the confusing calls that happen uh, in the game. Here's the question: Can you describe why Draymond Green was ejected? This is from the uh, NBA official pool report on the two techs. His first technical foul was assessed when he directed profanity at his opponent. He was assessed his first technical foul for verbally taunting an opponent. He then proceeded to direct screaming profanity at a game official, and received his technical foul and was ejected as per rule. Next question. The original tie-up with Wanamaker. What happened there? Lamelo ties Brad up prior to Kerr requesting the timeout. The post-game video confirmed the decision as correctly judged. Well, when you hear Steve Kerr after the game, you'll hear that that might be a little different than what they say. Here's the next question. When Charlotte was awarded a timeout prior to Draymond's ejection, ejection, why was Charlotte awarded a timeout? As it appeared, there may have still been some battle for possession of the ball. P.J. Washington requested its timeout, and Gordon Hayward had clear and sole possession of the ball. As per rule, Charlotte was granted the timeout. Postgame video review confirms this decision. I I've been watching the final minute of this game 20 times. And and, and I, I don't know where P.J. Washington was calling the timeout while Gordon Hayward similarly had possession of the ball. Because it didn't seem like anyone had possession of the ball at that time when they both went down for it. Draymond went down along with Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward still hadn't picked it up. This is like, it, it's as confusing as the catch rule. You know, is it a catch? Is it not a catch? Did did he have possession or did it hit the ground first? All that stuff. The ball was rolling on the ground. And somehow they said that Gordon Hayward had possession. Now, Draymond does not need to have that sort of outburst. But really, calling a taunting penalty... (laughs) I keep calling it a penalty. Calling a taunting technical... It's early. With 10 seconds left in the game, how are you going to do that? You know, and, and you know, we're, we're saying it's all, uh, it's all on Draymond. That's the reason why the Hornets were able to get back into the game. Sure, but you also got to give some credit to Terry Rozier in the way that he led the team back in the fourth quarter and kept them in the game because he was the only one knocking down any shots. There are so many aspects to this where we can look at the game and just think, well, you know, if that didn't happen, then the Warriors would have won. If that didn't happen, then the Warriors would have won. There are multiple examples of that. But the one that we really want to focus on is the Draymond technicals just because it is the biggest situation to happen in the game. But we don't need to go so far as to talk about trading him right now. I do think, I do think that... The future for Draymond with the contract extension, I do think as as time goes on, as the season goes on, maybe the questions, you know, they'll start to rise up. What's going to happen in the offseason? There might be a report that comes out somewhere along the way that, you know, gets everyone on sports radio going crazy. But these are the types of things as to why fans just speak out against Draymond. And the reason why the 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 haters, so to speak, the 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 ones who are constantly looking for something for Draymond to do wrong, finally they come out and they start bringing out the tweets and everything on social media. Every, it's just insane what happens uh, surrounding these Warrior games and the fan base. I love it. It's very entertaining. 888 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. But want to know from you, if you watch Saturday's matchup with the Warriors and the Hornets, Are you more mad at the refs for the way that they handled the timeouts and the jump ball? 
or are you on the side where Draymond should be to blame for this loss entirely? 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. Stephen Langford on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. 888 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show with you up until 6 o'clock as the morning roast will take you until 10. 888 from 707. There are a lot of wannabe GM Warrior fans out there. It's not even... I will say this, it's not even just Warrior fans, right? It's exemplified just because we're here in the Bay Area and we're watching the Warriors and we're paying attention to Warriors Twitter. I can't imagine what every other fan base's Twitter is like uh, when it comes to their teams, to their respective teams. Because there's, it's not even just, it's not even just warrior fans who are the the wannabe gms out there it's it's every single fan base has the wannabe gm uh section i guess if you want to put it but there's just a lot to unpack from last or excuse me saturday night's game 102 to 100 was the final between the warriors and the charlotte hornets and let's just play it one more time the highlight of the loose ball where the Hornets were awarded a timeout where they claimed that Gordon Hayward had possession and that P.J. Washington called it at the same time. Subsequently, Draymond got a technical for taunting, and then he got a technical for yelling at a ref, a double tech. That's an ejection right before the final possession of the game. Here is that highlight of the jump ball that led to the loose ball that led to the technicals. So 13.3, 198. Warriors lead by two. Game in the balance. Can they steal one in Charlotte? Here we go. Mark Davis to throw it up. And ball tipped it, batted by Draymond. Grabbed by Hayward. He falls down. And now he's tied up for a jump ball. Oh, my goodness. Now the young official comes in and says Charlotte has a timeout. Wow. They're saying it's a timeout call. Jared Collins, Warriors assistant coach, trying to drag Draymond away. How do they have time to get a timeout? And who called it? Was it from the side? Well, Hayward fell down. Yeah, maybe somebody called from the side. That could possibly be. Let's see how long this is. Boy. That would have to be a very quick timeout because Hayward had the ball for maybe four seconds. Oh, Draymond's walking off. I think Draymond got ejected. Oh, no. And that's going to be a technical foul. Now they're going to get free throws and the ball. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And the game after that was tied at 100-100 when Terry Rozier knocked down the two technical free throws that were awarded to Charlotte. And then they get the inbounds, and Terry Rozier takes the ball, has P.J. Washington set a screen, and Juan Toscano-Anderson is following to the left corner, and he manages to hit this fadeaway long two uh, to beat the buzzer, and the Hornets win 102 to 100 (laughs) it's it's just this was a game where for me i just i'd watched it and just afterward i thought i mean that's unfortunate (laughs) i mean like 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 what else are the warriors supposed to do in that situation when they're without steph curry and the refs are calling timeouts for the hornets but not calling them for the warriors trying to justify that, giving the two technicals to Draymond. I agree with anyone who says, of course, Draymond was out of bounds and that, you know, he, he, he can't be doing that uh, with, with 10 seconds left. You can't be yelling at a ref the way that he was yelling at a ref. But that pen, that taunting technical, I keep on calling it a penalty because I've also been watching soccer all the past week. That taunting technical, 
was just I don't know how you can call that with that amount of time left. And if you're going to call that, they know that Draymond is going to have some sort of outburst. They know what his reaction is going to be. And I I really think that sometimes some of these refs, they do relish at the fact that they could be the ones to tee up Draymond and then possibly tee him up another time in the final seconds of a game. I just don't think that they could be doing that. For me, I, I just think that the refs in this situation, I try not to blame them for... Uh, you know, any close calls, you know, maybe ones that uh, maybe, you know, a three point shot that should be called a foul as opposed to, you know, whether the guy had a hand on him. I mean, look back at the the bucks in the heat in the Eastern Conference Championship uh, last year, and you'll know what I'm talking about in the final seconds of the game, like with Chris Middleton, for example. I can't really blame them on close calls like that. But on calls which are solely on them and they're just watching what happening, what's happening on the court, I don't get how they just can't give a little leeway in the final 15 seconds of a game. For the 415, for somebody who's supposed to have such a high IQ, he's made countless dumb decisions. Well, not countless. I will tell you that the good decisions that he's made completely outweigh the bad, in my opinion. I know that, you know, you may be looking at the Spurs game and saying, well, Draymond shouldn't have taken that shot in the final possession. What are you doing when Steph's having a hot shooting night? They blame Draymond for that one. You know, him getting ejected earlier in the season. Blame him for that one. And in this game, you blame him for that one. But there are so many games where we don't necessarily give Draymond the credit to helping the team win. And... Yeah, I, I, I get it. You, 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 you're frustrated with the player. He shouldn't be doing that. Why is Draymond yelling at the refs? Why is he doing all this and that? But in the end, you wouldn't be in the spot you'd be in right now if it weren't for Draymond and that intensity that he brings. It's when hearing the teammates talk about him, they don't talk about him with any sort of despondency. You know, they, they, they talk about him in a way that shows he is the leader of the team. And we'll get to what Eric Pascoe had to say in just a second. But here's Steve Kerr, head coach, on the final 10 seconds of this incredibly crazy Saturday night basketball game. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unwind. Um, but if you just want to cut to the chase, it's a very difficult uh, call on a loose ball that becomes a jump ball that – you know, they get a timeout on, especially because in the exact same situation, I was trying to call a timeout when Brad had the ball at the top of the key when they forced the jump ball just prior to that. So given that the exact same thing happened back to back, only we actually had possession of the ball when, when I tried to call timeout. Uh, and then watching the replay after the game, it's a loose ball. You know, the, the, ball's, the ball's actually bouncing on the floor. Draymond dives after it. In my estimation, should be another jump ball. Um, as for the uh, technicals, uh, Draymond can't do that. He knows that. He made a terrible mistake uh, getting teed up and giving them the chance to shoot two free throws and tie the game. See, this is what's interesting also about this whole dynamic between Draymond and Steve Kerr and the rest of the team. You know, the the narrative out there that the team is just too afraid to tell him that he's doing anything wrong. They're too afraid uh, to get in his face. But in these situations that he's been in so far, it just feels like they're grown men. They are professional athletes they understand the mistake that they made it doesn't help when you got somebody in your face telling you that you made the wrong decision when they clearly know that they made the wrong decision um i don't get where it it, it, it's just i don't know what people expect um to be said to draymond you know what i mean i don't get what you know when people say Oh, we need to, you know, Draymond needs to have more accountability, this and that, this and that, or people need to hold him accountable. Well, what do you, what do you really want them to do? Scream in his face? 
go and tell him, hey, you 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 lost the game for us. Look, it's it's I don't know. To me, that just doesn't feel like a productive way to go about it. And you know, he's been in the league for a while. He's a veteran, and I just don't know what anyone would expect when they say that you know. They need to get into Draymond's face. Somebody needs to be the one to tell Draymond that he's doing something wrong. That all happened in, su- in, in, in such a quick time. That's also the shocking part to me about that double technical. There's nobody that could get there in time to hold him back. He's on the ground. He's laughing at Gordon Hayward, says something to Gordon Hayward when they both get tied up. Then you see him look up, get frustrated at the ref, and then yell at a ref, and then Marquise Chris is holding him back. <laughs> it's like, it's like, wait, wait, what? You got a double technical out of that? That it just it happened so fast, and it, you know, on a Saturday night when you're not necessarily watching a game to to analyze it the next morning, you're watching it because you're you know it's a Saturday night, you're in a pandemic, you're at home, you're chilling, you're just watching it to watch it. If you take your eyes off the screen for Five seconds in the in the final minute of the game, which I don't know how you could. It was it was incredibly exciting, but if you take your eyes off of it, Draymond's ejected. Like there was no time for anyone to you know try and hold him back from going after the refs. It just happened so quick. It really did. And when we're talking about the communication with Draymond and how Steve Kerr and how that dynamic works. Well, here's Steve Kerr clarifying uh, the communication that he's having with Draymond on this situation. As his coach, it's my job to, to communicate with him and with the team. So that's what uh, what we've done, and that's what we will continue to do. But uh, he crossed the line. That's the main thing. You know, we, we love his passion and his energy, and you know, we would not be the team we are without him. But that doesn't give him license to cross that line, and he knows that. So there you go. There you go. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number. Getting some some really good stuff in here. Uh, talking about Draymond Green and and just the dynamic that he has compared to the rest of the team. Uh, Keith and Petaluma, the five one zero, is sending out some good stuff here. I would love for you to weigh in as well. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. We'll continue to discuss this on the other side. And we'll get some post game from Eric Paschal as well as Steve Kerr, and then we'll also get into some positives of uh, some positive takeaways from the game, despite the fact that that final minute was one of the most excruciating. You know, not even final minute. Well, yeah, we can go final minute, I guess. Maybe final twenty seconds, whatever it is, because Terry Rozier was just knocking down those shots in the final minute as well. It was really, really back and forth, but. Um, would love to hear your thoughts on it. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Gonna go through some positivity as well, despite them losing one oh two to one hundred. Steven Lankford on the pregame show, ninety five seven the game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number. If you want to weigh in on anything today, but primarily what we'd be focusing on is the Warriors' loss to the Charlotte Hornets, one hundred two to one hundred. Steph Curry not in the game previously, um, not due to uh, COVID nineteen, but he wasn't feeling well before the game, so it wasn't uh, it wasn't up to the NBA in that situation to take Steph Curry out of it because of COVID nineteen uh, related issues. It was just because he wasn't feeling well. Uh, hopefully, he'll be back in the next couple of days as they're on their way uh, to New York. I was hoping in this game when I was when I was looking ahead on the schedule, especially with the rise of LaMelo Ball and how well he's been playing. I mean, the Hornets are 14 and 15 with a roster that really isn't uh, all that great 
and uh, and LaMelo Ball has just been fantastic for him all this season. I mean, if this was your first game watching LaMelo, he was 3 for 10 overall, 1 for 5 from 3, so you you're probably not making too much of it, but that number set the 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 seven assists that he had that he had, that's what he's going to be averaging at least in his career cuz he's a damn good basketball player, but was hoping to see him and James Wiseman and how they would uh, interact with one another. You know when when the when the Warriors were playing the Timberwolves and Anthony Edwards and James Wiseman, both six men coming off the bench, uh, when they were coming into the game, there was an extra added motivation. I was hoping to see that between uh, LaMelo Ball and James Wiseman, and I was hoping at the time when I was looking at the schedule that that's what we'll be talking about. But instead, we are talking about what happened within the final 20 seconds of the game. And just to get you all caught up, in case you haven't heard the highlight, going to play it one more time, the 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 surprise in Tim Roy and Jim Barnett's voices as this is going on. So just to give you some context, there was already a situation where the Warriors missed a shot, Brad Wanamaker grabbed the offensive rebound. That's what's coming up in the positive takeaways, the offensive rebounding. Uh, but Brad Wanamaker gets the offensive rebound, takes it to the top of the key. Then P.J. Washington looks like he's going to foul Brad Wanamaker. And then LaMelo Ball comes to help and tries to tie him up and grabs the and tries to get the ball from Wanamaker's hands. They get tied up. It, get, it's, it gets called a jump ball. And, of course, you're wondering why Steve Kerr didn't call a timeout in that situation when the, when the Warriors had clear possession of the ball. Well, Steve Kerr did confirm after the game that he had called a timeout, which made the subsequent, cl- subsequent play so confusing when they went up for the jump ball. It was a loose ball on the ground. Gordon Hayward from the Hornets goes after it. Draymond follows. Gordon Hayward doesn't have possession of the basketball. And Draymond Green is going to try and tie him up, much like Lamelo Ball did with Brad Wanamaker. And the Hornets are somehow awarded a timeout in this situation when it didn't look like they had possession of the ball that led to Draymond getting the two technicals. Here is the play-by-play from Tim Roy and Jim Barnett for this call. So 13.3, 198, Warriors lead by two. Game in the balance. Can they steal one in Charlotte? Here we go. Mark Davis to throw it up. And ball tipped it, batted by Draymond, grabbed by Hayward. He falls down, and now he's tied up for a jump ball. Oh, my goodness. Now the young official comes in and says Charlotte has a timeout. Wow. They're saying there's a timeout call. Jared Collins, Warriors assistant coach, trying to drag Draymond away. How do they have time to get a timeout? And who called it? Was it from the side? Well, Hayward fell down. I yeah, know. maybe somebody called from the side. That could possibly be. Let's see how long but, this is. Boy. That would have to be a very quick timeout because Hayward had the ball for maybe. Four seconds. Oh, Draymond's walking off. I think Draymond got ejected. Oh, no. And that's going to be a technical foul. Now they're going to get free throws and the ball. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So Terry Rozier goes up for the two technicals, knocks down both both free throws, tied 100-100. They get the ball back, and Terry Rozier completes his 20-point fourth quarter with the final shot of the game. So here come the Hornets. Hayward will throw it in. Rozier has it. Eight seconds to go. Rozier to the logo. Down to four seconds. Three seconds off the screen. Rozier stumbled with the ball. Fades into a jumper. It's good at the buzzer. They're going to count it. The Warrior bench thought that Rozier turned the ball over on a carry. But he hits the game winner. And a heartbreak for Golden State. The Hornets... Mobbing Rozier as he hit the corner three. The Golden State bench thought he turned it over right in front of them, but there was no call. Now, he was four for four from three, and that didn't count count for a three, but he was seven of nine overall. Um, For one, when he 
It looked like he double dribbled or carried the ball, as mentioned by the five one zero earlier uh, earlier in the earlier in the program today. When he was going to his left, and Juan Toscano Anderson was following him, while Kelly Oubre Jr. stuck on PJ Washington, it looked like there could have been a double dribble there, but I think he just lost the ball in that situation. I don't know if there was a carry or a double dribble or or a travel there, but it looked like he just lost the ball. I'm fine with that no call there. But it's the timeouts that I'm confused by. And according to the pool report, the official uh, ref's report from the final moments of the game, here's the question. Can you describe why Draymond Green was ejected? His first technical foul was assessed when he directed profanity at his opponent, He was assessed his first technical foul for verbally taunting an opponent. He then proceeded to direct screaming profanity at a game official and received his technical foul and was ejected as per rule. That was so quick. The two technicals just happened so fast. I don't know what Draymond said to, to, to Gordon Hayward if that's the player who he was even taunting on the ground because he was laughing when they were when, when they both had the, the ball in their hands and the Hornets apparently had called a timeout uh, in that situation. So he was laughing at him. Gets called for taunting there. Then gets up and says something to the ref and just gets ejected immediately. Immediately. I don't and that's me snapping my fingers by the way. I don't know how that happened so quick. And Draymond, of course, needs to control the temper. But it's just clearly the refs are looking for something in that situation. And it always comes back to this, the dynamic between the Warriors and Draymond Green. How he treats other players with the way that the other players treat him. And here's the thing. And from the 925, <laughs> the 925, you put it perfectly. I like Dre, but he, he needs to learn to keep his mouth shut sometimes. Yeah, he needs to control his temper. I love Draymond too, but I'm not going to go so far as to say that he needs to be traded right this minute. I do think of this sort of thing continues and you know he puts him in a dire situation then okay I could see why those talks would be coming up but it's not like this is you know game five of the NBA finals after all we're still in the first half of a season and this is just against the 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 Charlotte Hornets but the dynamic with Draymond is interesting and from the 415 excuse me from the 510 Nice guy. I want people to say exactly what he would say to them if they did something wrong. Draymond doesn't hesitate to tell everyone else when they're doing something wrong. What's wrong with holding him accountable to? And the way that I asked that question or the reason that I asked that question, I don't know if it's these plays necessarily where the team has to hold him accountable. These specific ones. Because... He knows he did something wrong, and I'll get to I'll get to what Eric, what Eric Pascal had to say uh, after the game, but because um, he talked about uh, what Draymond said in the locker room afterwards, Draymond did take the accountability. But <laughs> here's where it's interesting to me, because the dynamic is Draymond is the leader of the team, and he is the one who is constantly barking at the other guys, telling them what to do when none of the other guys bark back. But that is the dynamic with the team leader. And the way that they are... Here's here's the funny situation about it. The way that Draymond yells at the other players, he does it in a way that's supposed to be a teaching moment for these other guys. You know, we, we know about Wiseman. We know what he does, and we know the dynamic between them two. Wiseman, he's the type of guy that, that wants Draymond to yell at him at practice and during games. He wants that sort of criticism. But there's also an underlying theme of it being a teaching moment, whether it's 
Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, you know, telling them to cut 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 back door on offense, telling them where to be on defense, that sort of stuff. But when Draymond makes mistakes, here's where I'm at. Sure, there's the obvious ones, which are the two technicals and and you know, it's it, you shouldn't be doing that. You need to control your temper. You need to not yell at refs anymore after you've been in the league for almost 10 years. Yeah, there's the obvious ones like that. But the mistakes that he makes, I don't know if the other players can tell him what to do in that situation. Because Draymond, when he yells at a player, he's saying, hey, you need to be here. And he has a reasoning for it. Now, he may not do it in a way that looks great on screen, but I'm sure he's getting his message across. When Draymond makes a mistake, I don't think there's anyone else on the team who could tell him, hey, you did this wrong, you needed to do this differently. Because Draymond's role on the team is completely different to everyone else's. That's why I think the dynamic is the way that it is. Is because the only one who can really give... That much criticism to Draymond's play and the mistakes that he makes, whether whether it's a whether it's a bad pass and what or or whatnot. The only one who can truly criticize Draymond is Draymond. You know, you'll you'll see Wiseman every now and then telling him, "Hey, you can lob that up instead of trying to give me a bounce pass." You've seen that before. That's pretty much the extent of what we've seen. But what do you expect? What are these guys to be like? Hey, you, you should have made this pass instead of this one, or you should have been in that spot instead of that spot. I just think. For me, the other te- the other guys on the team don't necessarily understand the entirety of Draymond's role, and I think that's why. I-, I think that's why the dynamic is the way it is. I hope that kind of makes sense. Um, but you know, again, he does need to be held accountable for what he did in this game because he understands that he needs to control himself in that situation. But uh, I've been teasing it the entire time. Here's Eric Pascal. Uh, here's what Eric Pascal talking about what Draymond said in the locker room after the game to the entire team. He said it was his fault. I mean, and, and he took ownership and, uh, as, he, as he always does as a leader. Again, we, we still rocking the Draymond no matter what. Great dude, competitor. So it's all good. I mean, shit happens in the NBA. And we just got to learn from it. We try to come back again. Try to win the next one. So there you go. He 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 took the he took the accountability there. Uh from the 415, I feel like the Warriors are afraid of saying anything to Draymond. That goes for ownership, coaches and players. I think the Warriors have showed this to happen. Nothing is greater than the team from the 925. Draymond's reputation is preceding him. Refs give him texts faster than any other player I've seen. That's that's the thing is these these texts that they call right away. It was just boom boom. You take your eyes off the screen for 20 seconds. It's like, "Hey, okay. Look, they just spent <laughs> they just spent 15 minutes deliberating whether the tie-up with Wanamaker and, and, and Washington and LaMelo Ball, they just spent 15 minutes deciding whether that's a jump ball. No, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna go get a drink. I'm going to go get a glass of water. You know, whatever beverage I'm drinking on a Saturday night, I'm going to go do that, and then I'll come back to the game. Maybe they'll be done. Then you go to the fridge, you know, grab a nice cool Coca-Cola, Pepsi, whichever one you want. And then you come back and you're like, what? How'd Draymond get ejected? How'd that all happen? And then you got to rewind it and then you see what happened. And it's like, dude, that happened so fast. <laughs> it's, it, it's unlike with every player in the NBA. It really is. <sighs> Man. From the 415, Draymond has earned every bit of his reputation. That's on him. Look, I know. And, and I get it. And I'm, I'm just the... Th- the thing with me is I am a Draymond fan, and I do think that he brings an element to this team that's more than just scoring points. Anytime I'm seeing, you know, trade Draymond, trade Draymond, trade Draymond, all I'm seeing is people say, ah, we can get him for a guy who can score more points. But it's all the intangibles, and you hear it time and time again, but it's the stats that aren't in the box score that Draymond contributes to the most. And 
you know, and I, I think that type of stuff um, is irreplaceable, at least for now. You know, at least for now. Maybe not this year, but maybe after next year because the, the contract still extends after next season. But when Clay is back on the court and you got Steph, Clay, and Draymond, and Andrew Wiggins playing at the same time, I think that until you see that, there doesn't need to be any uh, quick decisions to be made uh, from the front office. Uh, Damian Lee, after the game, spoke on the final sequence, and I wanted to play this for you. Uh, Here's Damian Lee just talking about the craziness of everything that happened. I know Coach spoke on it. I feel like Eric probably spoke on it as well. I'm not in a position to speak on it and take a fine because I'd just be preaching to the choir. So what happened, happened. You know, we put ourselves in a position to win the game, and stuff happens. I mean, it's basketball at the end of the day. that's it. Um, we didn't win the game. You just got to move forward. You got to take your lumps. Gotta take your losses. Take everything in stride and, you know, look forward to Monday. <laughs> it's, it's tough. It's tough. From the 510, this is what we're getting for the most part. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number from the 510. When is Draymond going to apologize for the championships that he lost and apologize for running Durant out of town? So you can go that far. People hold the grudge that far back from the 925. Draymond is a habitual line stepper. The refs are quick to call a tech. That's my man Ernie from the 760. Any carousel music today? No, but that will be coming tomorrow. So stay tuned and we will have some horror-themed carousel music that's super random but we will be doing that uh, a little more tomorrow just this entire game for me is just like i watch it you see the reaction on twitter you see the reaction even a day later you just search up draymond green you search up his name to the search bar and you see uh what's to be said about him it is crazy the type of reactions that we will have from a midseason game uh, against the Charlotte Hornets. Something that, that, that just, uh, you know, for me, it's like, damn, we really hang on to this game by game uh, as the Warriors, it's tough. Right now they're 16 and 15, and what, they could easily be, uh, they could easily be 18 and 13 right now. Uh, from the 415, the last teammate they tried to correct Draymond, signed with another team as fast as he possibly could. And you are not wrong. I'm not going to go to that final play from regulation against the Clippers. I'm not going to go to that final play again, but we know what happened in that situation. I think it was just, you know, I don't think there's any one thing that we can specifically blame uh, on that whole Draymond and Kevin Durant leaving we can you know point the finger at Draymond and say hey I mean you you called him what you called him uh when you're on the sideline but there was also uh I think a couple of other factors as well in involving that um from the 650 conspiracy theory coming in Draymond called out the league about their unfair treatment of players perhaps it's a shut your mouth thing from the officials I didn't even think about that you know Going back to what he was saying about Andre Drummond, that's a very interesting thing. Very interesting, uh, 650, that you mentioned that. But um, some positives and just something fun that uh, that was involved in this game. Um, if the Warriors and the Hornets, whenever they do match up again, in whichever team Eric Paschal's a part of and P.J. Washington's a part of, that's a matchup that you're going to want to pay attention to. Because Eric Paschal had 16 points on the night, but he clearly still holds... uh, I don't even know if holding a grudge is the right term to put it, the right way to put it, but with P.J. Washington, and I don't know if you you remember this story, but from a couple of years ago, because they were involved uh, in the same draft, when they played Charlotte for their first time, uh, with when Eric Pascal was a rookie, of course a uh, a second rounder, 
<laughs> Steve Kerr asked uh, he, he asked the team, does anybody know this guy? Talking about P.J. Washington. And Pascal was like, hell yeah, I know something about him. He ducked me all of pre-draft, but I'm on him tonight. And, then, uh, and that was a year ago. Follow-up this year? Still the same type of thing. You know, looking forward to the ball versus Wiseman, ball versus Wiseman, but P.J. Washington versus Eric Pascal, or at least Eric Pascal versus P.J. Washington, was certainly something to pay attention to. I thought it was very entertaining uh, watching him going up against P.J. Washington whenever he could. Uh, I thought that was something that was very uh, that was very entertaining in the game, and I think also just how Kelly Oubre has been playing lately. I think that he's been making timely threes, corner threes, when he's needed to make them. And it's not necessarily the quantity of points that he scores, but it's just scoring points in the right situations. You know, being the rebounder of the team as well. He had six rebounds uh, uh, against the. He had six rebounds against Charlotte. Uh, two of them being offensive rebounds. I thought he's. I think he's played real well for the for the past month. As a matter of fact, and he's been shooting the ball very well from three. I think that Kelly Oubre playing consistently has been a bright spot. But look, there's still a lot of season left. And with the way that the team's been playing, I think they are a very fun watch. But, you know, every single game, there's going to be something like this where you see a player, you see a mistake that he made, and you could look at that mistake and, and and blame him for the entirety of the game and try to make some sort of snap judgment. But I can't wait to hear what the morning roast has to say this morning regarding Draymond Green and everything that happened in this game as the Warriors lost 102 to 100 on Saturday night to the Charlotte Hornets. Still got some games to go in this season. We'll see what happens with the fan base as well as Draymond Green. Thanks so much for joining me, everyone. I'll be back tomorrow at 5 a.m. The Morning Roast with Kate Scott, Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky, and Bonte Hill coming up next. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The Step Back 3. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 